Uh, well, Jess, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Okay, so um, a little bit about myself. I think I've been wanting to be in the industry since I was about 12 years old. You know, not many 12-year-olds really know what they want to do, but I was the only one sitting there and being like, you know what? I need to find myself a job and a career. What am I going to do? And um, the hospitality industry was what intrigued me the most. It started out with my brother um, going through cooking classes in high school, and I wanted to know and be everything that he knew and did and i just want to be better than him so it kind of started nice. as a, a sibling rivalry and um but actually blossomed into something that i truly loved doing and i've done it all throughout high school um during culinary i did culinary competitions uh and even after the culinary competitions in high school i went to the culinary of america in hyde park new york that was at least then considered i mean i still think it is now but it's considered the harvard of culinary tools so yeah. I was a chef for a little bit, and then some somebody told me that I could never be in front of the house, and so that made me angry. <laughs> and I actually turned right Still around, and dropped out of uh, yeah, dropped out of the back of the house, and then went to the front of the house, and then I actually saw that gentleman like a year and a half later, and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, hey, you know, I actually train all the server staff and how to properly, um, you know, serve people and everything like that." So that was pretty cool. And then now um, I want to take a little bit of breaks on the industry. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's see if I can do something else. I mean, turns out I can, but you know, at the end of the day, I really miss the industry and I miss the hospitality and the craziness and all the anxiety that it can give you. Um, and ever since then, I've just been back in the industry and I don't think I would ever change it for anything now, to be honest. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're now at NDM Hospitality, which is like Burgerfy amongst a bunch of other brands. Is that my understanding? That's oh, my yeah. Understand? Like tons and tons of brands tons. we have. Yeah, huge. Business. Everything. Yeah. From rental resorts, like to uh, actual resorts, to um, now breaking into the food and restaurant business. And, you know, and with NDM Hospitality, they won. They were like the number one franchisee for a few years running for Burgerfy. Yeah, that's awesome. So exactly yeah, that's, cool. that's awesome that's awesome that's awesome i like we have so many burgers burger brands in our portfolio right <laughs> stuff. i feel like i'm testing new chicken sandwiches and different kinds of smash burgers all the time uh, oh yeah visiting our clients um <laughs> but yeah <laughs> i guess um the first question i ask you uh and this is a real kind of like let's set the tone here which is like what do you think the three biggest challenges or roadblocks are in the hospitality space today the honestly the one thing the biggest challenges is the people who want to work i mean generation by generation goes by there's things that you know each generation wishes you know they did differently or you know each generation seems to be weaker and weaker from you know the previous generation saying however i think this generation that is up and coming to because i am a millennial um by far and the generations below me, yes, like their work ethic is a little bit different, but I mean, it's not like, it's not like it was. And I think COVID had a huge impact on it in general, because, you know, we were stuck in our houses for months on end doing nothing, staring at the wall, you know, watching Tiger King and, you know, doing everything yeah. you can to like pass, <laughs> pass the day by. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, everybody came back from their essentially year long vacation it just nobody had that drive and workforce anymore and and a lot of it hard a lot of it has to do with 
not only like I think COVID, but a lot of it has to do with like the generations and being like, or, you know, they're at a young age and at that young age, their life completely stopped for a year. And I think that's a little bit of both. And that's what they have to, that's what both um, of those things have to deal with it. Cause that's, that's the hardest part is trying to find people who, how do I put this? Trying to find people who want to have that mindset of working hard and wanting to do everything they can to get to the next level. Because I mean, my mom always told me growing up that, you know, you're always going to have your education and your career. So those are the two things that I kind of focused on my entire life is just my education and my career and trying to up, trying to get to the next level every single day. But unfortunately with trying to get to the next level, you need the help and everything from everybody else. Cause you know, you just can't make it yourself. You have, it takes people to help you to get to where you want to be. And yeah. unfortunately these days, a lot of people don't have that drive and will anymore to do all that. And you're based in Orlando. You're in where it's Orlando. Where it's mm-hmm. You're in Orlando. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. enormous hospitality. Part of tourist area. Part of tourism. Like, in the Southeast. Yeah. Like, and I've, I've been twice myself and I've been to all the theme parks as a child and an adult. So, like, I know them yeah. well. Um, I'm exactly you know, a Disney adult, though, too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am very much to be a Disney adult. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, like, to that exact point that you're just saying there, like, um, that, like, the culture the work culture and finding quality talent that seems to be like the biggest challenge they seem to be like the almost like the two biggest challenges in hospitality at the moment yeah most most certainly i mean the biggest challenge is is trying to find that personality that will like put in hours and want to work and want to be and want to go to that next level i mean i even meet some of my peers now that are at my level and i'm like hey you know hey you know what is your goal what do you want to do what do you want to be and these people are sitting there and they're like, no, I'm okay. I'm good. And to me, that's just, you you need to be able to, and if you want to go further and you want to go further, like any, essentially go further in your career, you're going to need people to surround yourself by people who want that drive and who want to be more and do more. Yeah. And it's just, it's a, it's a little hectic because nobody, like I said, nobody these days, like there's a good port, there's a good portion of people who, do want that work and do want to be able to get to the next level but there's some people who are just content in staying at that level of where yeah, they're at absolutely and i mean i guess then probably my next question then is like you know are there what are the sort of uh big differences between your sort of older more established employees like yourself um and sort of gen z so to speak so with those generations and like those generations we do those, have yeah. similar yeah, we do have similar things. I mean, I mean, we laugh now that like us millennials will laugh now and be like, oh, you guys, this is fashion. This is like 90s. It's like 90s fashion. So all the stuff that we wore in the 90s that we were forced to wear and all that stuff, like that's all going back. So we have those similarities. But the differences between like these millennials, like as in us, and then somebody who's like a younger generation, when I look at my generation, I like I see that will and I see that need to work and you know be able to go to college and get everything done to make sure you know our parents are happy. But um, with our with the younger generations, when I look for employees, um, I look for employees like yes, they can still have that exuberant personality that they all do, 
Um, yeah. And then they're all in their person. They knew exactly who they are and they know what their worth is, which is pretty awesome, which is honestly really pretty awesome to see. And, you know, I kind of wish that our generation had like millennials had a little more of that in us. However, um, I will look for employees that have that still little spark of being like, no, like I know who I am. I want to work. I want to get to the next level. So there's yeah. actually quite a few um, employees that I do have that are younger generation that have that same mindset and same spark. And it's actually really cool to see. Okay. Some awesome. Can yeah. It's, it's interesting you say that because I've spoken to a lot of people and they're probably like slightly more dismissive about Gen Z. Um, yes. There, it, which, it's, it's a, it's a pick and choose. It's honestly, that's realistically what it is. It's like, it's like, you know, everybody makes fun of millennials. Well, not everybody is a certain type of millennial. Not everybody is like, you know, a certain type of generation. So like, like me as a personality, I can, I can sit with cowboy boots on and go to a country concert and then I can be found at like a Blink-182 concert with Converse on and like stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, that I makes find sense. a way to like meld. <laughs> yes, I find a way to meld into like each generation. And, you know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, your parents trying to fit in to be cool. Like, no, they actually do have other ideas. Like they're just not stuck in other people's ways. And so when you let yeah, them live and create, it, it becomes a better work environment. Yeah, totally. I guess like what I'm getting at is like, I, I suppose when I ask about Gen Z, what I really mean is like the young people coming into the workplace in hospitality, like yeah. say post COVID, because obviously like before COVID, like I talked to a lot of people about like how they're, what the expectations of that younger workforce is now that they're in the workforce. Um, what, mm -hmm. like, is there like a, do you see like a large difference in what they ask or how they behave versus uh, how you or your peers would as a millennial say, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago to like what you see or the work ethic of like sort of um, more older, senior, uh, tenured people. Like there, the difference is, is just, is to me, it's a little, it's a little crazy because like, you know, millennials as general, like as that generation, um, we never really, we, we started kind of, at least I think I would, we started kind of testing the limits and testing the like, okay, maybe one little step here, see if they get mad. No, we'll see yeah. what happens. Um, but we never dared to do half the stuff that this generation is doing. So like back to the one I said, like this generation knows who they are and knows what their worth is. Um, doesn't mean, you know, any gener every generation knows who they are, but it's just, they're, they're not afraid to ask for it. But yeah, to be honest, and, and my thing is, they're not afraid to ask for it. But then again, from coming from my side, how I treat all of my employees, like, you know, they want to do something. Sure. That's great. Like I have no problem training you and developing you into whatever you want to be, even if it's not sticking around with me, but you're going to have to be willing to put the work into it. And in the beginning, I get a little bit of pushback from that generation. Like, you know, they're not used to that much work. They're not used to any of that, but yeah. I'm trying to get them, hit them with a hard reality and be like, look, I can't soften you guys anymore. You guys were pretty softened with COVID and everything else. And it's just, I know what you guys want to do and what you want to be, but you're going to have to meet us halfway in the middle. So that's fair. That's interesting. And that's a, that's a unique take in the sense I haven't really heard people articulate it that way before. I'm sure people are yeah. doing it that way, but I feel like when I ask that question, people are <laughs> a bit more dismissive <laughs> than you. So yeah. good, for you, good for you for having a kind of different, um, a different kind of opinion on I that. It's just, it's realistically, it, it comes down to like just having, 
my my personality my opinion comes to comes down to like me working in different positions so i mean i worked in different positions at different ages so i know exactly you know what my mindset it was at that age you know it's not necessarily it's not necessarily a generational thing it's an age thing i mean if you think about it 18 years old i mean i was 18 years old and my first job well this is probably 16 yeah 16 years old my first job was panera i thought i was the most bad ass person ever to live because like i got a job i got that i made eight dollars an hour so now like going back then i'm like oh my gosh like i thought it was the shit and i thought it was something that like you know could be untouchable and that's exactly what you have to put your mindset into that it's not necessarily generational i mean every generation has their own thing it's just the age age what do you want to do I wanted to go out and party with my friends when I was 16, 17 years old and drive around in cars and stuff like that. Like, you know, not really go to work. I just wanted to work for money. Totally. I mean, don't we all? Uh, um, I guess the next question, I mean, on that is like, what do you see like our emerging trends? You know, like would you staff, like different opening hours, that kind of stuff. What are you seeing like in where you're working today? as like the restaurant business as an industry, like we're going to see trends that I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of the trends I'm actually seeing is ironically a lot staff wise, a lot of more staff wants to work in the morning times and never night because for some reason, a lot more staff wants to like stay home and be home at night, which is completely different from any and which is before covid when everybody's like no i'll take the night shift i don't know nobody wants a day shift nobody wants a day shift i'm like yeah okay all right that's that's pretty crazy to me so um that makes me like no night shifts the one that you make the most money but yeah day shifts are more calm and cool collected and just relaxed which i get um but our industry trends are just currently still trying to do like a lot of a lot, a lot more fusion stuff so like example one of the restaurants that i oversee is a barbecue restaurant and um my bosses and i were in charge of redeveloping menus and they're like you know what if we have some southwestern flair on it I'm like okay all right southwestern flair like they wanted me one of my good one of my things i make more than anything um is tamales so my husband yeah. is mexican and i met him at culinary school actually so he was a chef um but now he actually runs um like one's runs one of the top craft breweries in mexico so oh, nice. he oversees a lot of a lot of production and everything else like that so um and i always try to influence like make sure he's his culture is um not forgotten in our lives just yeah. because he's over here so um one of the, my favorite things I'm like my I make is my tamales, and I was like, "Oh, what if we make a barbecue tamale?" I'm like, "Okay, guys, listen, you can't you can't bastardize the Mexican cuisine and culture." <laughs> American barbecue, cuisine, okay? <laughs> yeah. So, and apparently in Mexico, and I thought it was hilarious. In Mexico, they they did the they do the same thing with American cuisine. They like they kind of super Mexicanize it, and I was like, "At what point do you put extra sauce on a pizza or it's like something like that?" And it was. Or something with a burger and i'm like you do not put that on a burger but i guess i mean if that's what you want to do go ahead so <laughs> um there's a lot of those things and then i will definitely see trends of non non-chain restaurants um things that are just niches and things that you cannot find anywhere else i mean especially me as myself as a 
as a person with a culinary background, I'm going to yeah. go look for the things that are the most authentic and the most completely different than, you know, um, just say your mainstream uh, brands. So, yeah. or even if it is a mainstream brand, it's got to be unique, something like Burger Fi, where it's not just, okay, you know, here's a single patty and cheese and onions and go, bye. You know, yeah. they take the time to use the fresh products and use the ingredients that need to be to make a spectacular meal. Because, you know, anything's hard for meal, like Florida. basic ingredients. <laughs> Yeah. I'd have to, oh, yeah. I'd have to get it's, out of the cold northeast. We're out in the northeast. I actually only, I moved to New York on Saturday. Um, I've been, oh, I was living okay. in, San, in San Francisco for the last eight years. And okay. uh, yeah, moved in with my missus. So um, do me a favor. <laughs> in New York, where in New York? Are you going to the city? I'm in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. So do me a favor. Go take a train because you can go to Grand yeah. Central, take a train to my culinary school. So that, that's my, where all the moderate is. I've seen the bear, so I can see. I, I know that people, everyone oh, yeah. in the bear wears oh, I love the, the bear. culinary. The bear <laughs> is a true life. If you have to work in it, this, if you're going to take any quote from this, it's going to be this. The bear is a true life story of the restaurant business. Like every day, like uh, one of my friends and I, we were watching it and we're like, this kind of giving us PTSD from when we were in kitchens. <laughs> like, oh my God, that episode. <laughs> <laughs> the one it, with the where they launched the Uber Eats or they launched the DoorDash. Oh, and it's just yeah, the one camera yeah. in the kitchen and they that mess up the... That happened to me almost at one time. Like, my <laughs> Uber Eats camera was off. Times. Oh, my gosh. And, like, I looked it up and it was a busy day and I had, like, 20 orders. I'm like, well, we're going to have to hold the door. <laughs> and then it's just oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's like, how do, we, how do we get out 500 bags of fries and... I would do 75 yeah. sandwiches in the next 20 minutes. Yeah, nuts. Oh, uh, I had anxiety oh, yeah. watching it. <laughs> yep, um, that, that is 100% that anxiety. <laughs> and I, I, I suppose on the topic of tech then, like, I mean, and we're talking about emerging trends, like, you know, in the restaurant hospitality space. What's, like, the emerging tech that's exciting you? I'm sorry, was it was emergency what? What's the emerging tech that's um, in hospitality that's oh, exciting you? the technology. Okay. Yep. One of my favorite things I I love is um I mean I'm kind of a technology wise I don't mind certain things like you know Uber Eats shout out like that that really drives revenue in a couple of different restaurants by like thirty to forty percent like it's pretty crazy um yeah. let alone in my restaurant on some days like it'll have like that's where a good portion of our sales come from is just that Uber Eats and shout out as it goes yeah. like all of that but technology trend one of my favorite things and i kind of nerd out about at all times is um a ticket system like that's digital so when you're on the line um instead of you know printing out the old school tickets like you know like they yeah. did in the bear um you know you have the you have the screens on both front front expo and back expo yeah and um you can just bump it you can go back to it the tickets never lost, you know, anything like that. And I just kind of nerd out about it. And I'll send like, sometimes I'll send tickets to the um, window to be like, Ooh, okay. What is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? And um, the first time I actually ever saw that I was, it, it's, I try to turn it into a game of being like, okay, Hey, you know, I want this meal in like four minutes. I'm like, I can do it in three minutes and 45 seconds. So 
that mixed with our um, tablets nowadays that you can just bring to the table and put your order in right there. Yep. Those are oh, one of my favorite ones because that cuts down server time exponentially. So you can put the order in right there at the table. So there's no mix up, no mistakes, no losing those checks, like I said again. Because um, going to a table after my server losing a check is the most fantastic experience I could ever tell you. It's fan- it's great. It's like, hey guys, sorry, we lost your checks. Like, I'll leave some on my table. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's like those the tablets that come to like that go to the tables along with that um computerized ticket screen those two working simultaneously together are flawless beyond flawless awesome Awesome. um and i guess then the i suppose like um kind of segueing there in terms of from the technology to like a kind of broader market question is like what's your take on the hospitality job market um, I know you're in Florida, so obviously you're very like Floridian, Orlando sort of taking it. But like, do you think it's strong? Do you think it's weak, or what's your take on it? So, um, I think right after COVID, I think the market was strong, um, and I think that really the hospitality industry and market itself for jobs, I think, will be based around. I think it's based around the economy, really, because when the economy you know, goes down a little bit, you know, nobody wants to go out and spend money. And it's essentially the industry will thrive. And I think thrives more when the economy is up for obvious reasons, because everybody wants to go out and spend money. So it kind of really does hurt um, the industry when the economy is down, because like trying to find hospitality jobs is just crazy to me. I mean, I, I live in the hospitality capital of the world like there's there's no the tourist capital like i mean you've got four different theme parks from me in like less than what 45 minutes so yeah all of that like you would think you'd be able to find like certain different jobs but you know as you grow older like all these jobs that they have are just like the entry level jobs not stuff that's like you know a little higher end or higher level i mean it's just it's, it's crazy to see like i'll get um, on my LinkedIn, I'll just get notifications about different job opportunities and being able to do like certain different things. And it's rarely for the higher level positions, it's open in Orlando, at least your entry level positions can always be open, but you know, when it comes to the, like the higher level ones, it's kind of very hard to find something that's like, that's kind of worth the money. And then the title itself. If that's that interesting. Sense. That's interesting. You say that I was chatting um, with somebody today who was in Pittsburgh um, for one of these episodes as well, and mm. they were saying that like it's just really hard to find the kind of more senior kind of talent, like the general manager and above talent to run yeah. restaurant franchises. Like it's like it, he was technically he was like in a hotel, but like same kind of thing for hourly workers. Like the kind of staff you need is like he can find them, but it's like finding people that are kind of like the type of experience that he needs is like yeah. harder in and of itself. Like, you know, one of the things we see at land is, and that we've seen yeah. in like the data is that people have like, like since COVID that level of experience that you would like naturally see mature into the, those roles kind of disappeared mm-hmm. and either left the market because COVID well, opening, closing, opening, closing, or went to like Amazon, DoorDash, Uber Eats because yeah, and- 
get paid more and less stressful environments, you know? Well, I mean, also the other thing is too, like, this is the one I'm a huge, a huge fan of. And because, I mean, this is how I think the way I think this is how things should be run. I, if you have somebody applying for a position that is not necessarily doesn't have that experience, but you feel like you can interview them and mold them into it, then I 100% believe that that is the best way to go because you can only grow within a company. And when yeah. you feel like when a, yeah, when a worker is feel like they're growing within the company, they're willing to stay more and longer. Um, like that's, that's honestly how I got uh, my different positions. I mean, if you take a look at my, my resume, I mean, with Field Street Blues Company, I did not want to become a manager at that point. I just was like, I'm just going to become a server and a bartender and just work at this one place and just do what I want to do and just chill for a little bit and, and then go find my career. Well, yeah. three months in, the owner of the company, um, he is no longer with us. He did pass away in 2021. Um, three months in, he's like, you know what, Jessica? I like you. You want to become a manager? And I'm like, okay, all right, cool. Because <laughs> you can't really say no to the CEO of the company. So Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> I, yeah, and I became a bar manager. And um, one of our general, like two general managers were leaving within that company. And I told him, I was like, hey, you know what? Let me let me try for the general manager position. I've never been a general manager before. I've never done anything like that. But, you know, if you have faith in me, I'm willing to do all the hard work and everything I can to get into it. And you know what? They did. And that's kind of why I stayed with them for as long as I could until, like, you know, NDM actually took us over. So, Which, which um, is interesting, I was going to say, yeah. because one of the things that, like, we hear a lot of landed is, like, you know, post COVID, there was the rush to hire. You know, everybody needed bodies, and like now, the question yeah. is like well, quality. It's the body, but like we, it's the right bodies. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say you can like, hire somebody off the street. Yeah, and like my restaurant. With that as well, so I have zero turnover. I have almost zero yeah. turnover in my restaurant, and that's because what I was gonna, of that's because of that's that. That's what I was going to ask you. And that's the thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you as my last question, which is about like retaining staff. Uh, and that seems so, to me the emerging question for probably the next six months is like how to train people is so expensive and get them stood up. So hiring for quality will drive up your acquisition costs because it's just you're trying to find that really mm -hmm. good person. But then it's like, yeah. how do you retain that person in that job? And so my question to you is like, do you have a process for like, what's your kind of process for retaining staff? Like, do you have specific perks oh. or policies that you use? Um, so when I train my staff, like I said, I have almost no turnover. The only turnover I have is somebody leaving me to go to college. That's really yeah. it. Now it's probably like one person and then like one other person moving. But yeah, that's realistically the only turnover I had. Um, but I've only had to fire what one person in the past two, three years. So that's a, I mean, that's to me, I think that's crazy. So yeah. But the way my staff is, is with their training wise, I give them a little bit of everything. So like my example, my front house staff, I, they don't know what the menu is. They're going to go back in the kitchen with the chef and they're going to help, you know, learn the dishes and everything that's from the chef. They're going to learn what our expo does, you know, coming from the window into the table. They're going to learn every position, what it takes to do what that position does. Because, you know, sometimes in the industry, Front of the house and back house have that qual like 
like quarrel essentially you know where front of the house is like back house back house isn't like front of the house and blah 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 but my but my entire staff has a mutual respect for each other because i've on slower days i've thrown them into other places and i'm like no look this is what you're gonna learn today you know and i'm trying to push them to do and be more and one of the things that i do teach and i preach to them is that and like i said before if they want to if they want to learn something like say one of my servers wants to learn bartending sure by all means let's cross train you because you know what that can only help me later on yeah. and it's that's one of those awesome. things that's not like a dedicated shift and like i can give them a dedicated shift but like you know um i want to be able to you know have them here like five minutes okay here do me a or like throw me a single pour throw me a double pour throw me a two ounce pour you know and I keep telling like, awesome. no, this is what it is. Yeah. And the best way to, I think, is to train people is to essentially tell them why. Because people are more willing to learn and understand what you're doing if you tell them why we do it. You know, hey, we do our, we put the salt on this side, we put pepper on this side, we put this on this side because of this reason. You know, we have these here because of this reason. This is our steps of service because of this reason, you know. Instead of just telling people, hey, this is what you got to do, this is what you got to do, this is what you do, like, people are more turned off by that. But, you know, they're more willing to learn and um, dive in deep when it comes to training if you tell them why. And they're pretty much, I call them, I call my entire staff my family, like my children. So yeah. um, <laughs> one of my operations manager is um, is mom. And then apparently I, I'm the head of the household. Um, I'm dad. So I'll go under like, you know what your child did today? I was like, all that, all that fun stuff. And so, but I mean, there was a point in time where I almost got transferred to a new location and my entire staff, once I found out, they kind of had a, a breakdown, a mental breakdown. They're like, what is going on? Why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, guys, relax. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so um, that's the best way I can say it realistically is just, you know, to retain the staff, you just got to tell them why and what's going on and not promise them. I don't make empty promises to my staff. I tell them like it is how it is at all times. I, Cause I think lying to your staff is only going to catch up to you and make you look more of a worse person. So I am more realistic with them. I'm like, look, this is the reality of it. This is what we have to do. You know, this is yeah. why we're doing it. And if you're more real with your staff and more honest and open about it, then they are more willing to do things for you and then you know giving them um parts of training manuals like hey you know like this is our training manual what do you think is missing from this you know give them pieces and parts of the restaurant that they can help mold and you know and feel be like better. they have some ownership over it yeah yeah that's yeah awesome. because when they have ownership it's gonna be great like and that's part of the reason why is like you know we sit them down and we have meetings with them quarterly and like hey you know this is what you guys can do better, but what can we do better as managers? And I'd make my executive chef write one with their do one with his, with his back of the house staff. I make you know my operations manager do one. So everything. So we're awesome. all just constantly learning, growing, and being better. Yeah. I'm actually gonna make a note of that for my own team. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> learning something, learn something everywhere.